Welcome to the Humble Spotlight. In this episode, Matt talks to Abby Rowland and Matt Butler from Renew CGL, a confidential drug and alcohol service based in Hull. And then we hear from the Future Humber team who will be telling us what is coming up with bondholders very soon. Today I'm joined on the Humber Spotlight podcast by Abby Rowland and Matt Butler from Renew. Welcome to the podcast, guys. It would be great to learn a little bit more about what you do at Renew. So starting with you, Abby, what's your role at Renew? Yeah, sure. I'm Abby Rowland. I'm the online engagement worker for Renew. Basically, I send out healthy, positive messages on our Instagram, mainly towards 18 to 25 year olds. And I visit the unis and the colleges and I do drop-ins there on a regular basis, giving brief interventions and harm reduction advice. Brilliant. It's a nice little overview there. And over to you, Matt, what is it, what's your role at Renew? Uh, so I'm the community lead. Uh, I'm also responsible for volunteers. So um, in terms of being the, the community lead, it's all about looking at how other services and how we can integrate ourselves into the community, looking at gaps in the community where Renew can help provide provision for our drug and alcohol treatment service. Um, but I'm also involved in a lot of the digital marketing stuff as well, as Abby being on the, the same team. So a lot of stuff that you'll see going through our social media channels often goes through uh, myself. So. We do our own podcast as well. Um, bit of a mix and match of things, really. Brilliant. So I've got a, I have a bit of a question about social media, but I'll come on to that in a little bit. Um, so I believe, Matt, you've been at the company a little bit longer than Abby has. So I'm going to direct this question to you. So for people who, who aren't aware of Renew, what, what kind of is it that you guys do? What What's your kind of remit? Yeah, absolutely. So we're a drug alcohol treatment service. Um, I think one of the things that people think we're, we're here to do is to tell people to stop drinking or to stop taking drugs when, you know, that isn't the truth. Our, our uh, real message that we're trying to deliver is harm reduction. So it's how you can be safe when drinking, you know, how you can stay in the recommended amount of uh, the, or the government guidelines for the recommended amount of units per week harm reduction when you're using drugs, how you can, uh, guess, not damage uh, veins, especially intravenous drug users. Um, but it really is a harm reduction model. And, and what we're here to do is, is set goals and, and coax people into coming up with that decision to stop taking drugs or to remain abstinent from uh, you know, substances themselves. Because we can't force that decision onto people. It's one of them things where people have to come up to that decision themselves. They always say it's like, a sign that says wet paint, don't touch. You, know, you want to touch it to see if it's still wet or if there's a big red button that says do not push, you'll want to push the big red button. And I think it's similar with drugs and alcohol. If you tell people you have to stop taking drugs, uh, you have to stop drinking alcohol, it, it doesn't work. So it, it does, doesn't it? Because like you say, whenever you see that sign, you, you, you've all been stood there in the chippy when it says hot surface, yeah. do not touch, and you've touched it. Oh, yeah, that was a bit hot. Um, one of the things you, you kind of sent us some information over before I was looking through, and it's a bit about there about like challenging the stigma and educating the public. So, Abby, like, does that fit into your role on social media, that kind of thing, or, or are you just there with the positive messages? Um, I guess, like, when I'm reposting the podcast that Matt and our marketing lead, Robbie, first um i guess that's challenging the stigma on our social media as well so i guess i do i do put it out there um i do do the positive messages as well as the stigma as well so i guess yeah incorporating it both on social media and that role of social media obviously there's always discussions going on in the in the general public sphere on the role of social media yeah do, do you see it as like a, a, a 
within your role a force for good or a, or, or a negative force? Um, I think it's a force for good because, for example, TikTok, you can see how amazing that is. Like It's like a Google search at the minute. Unfortunately, we can't use that. So I guess I'm just like pushing that towards more on Instagram now. But I do do like, I don't know, I'd say humorous videos just to make it less forceful. Yeah. yeah, but it goes back to that kind of, you can't just tell people not not, not to, to drink alcohol, yeah. yeah, not to do drugs. It's just incorporating the harm reduction and making it just lighthearted, I guess, because in a way like the stigma, I feel like people can be very judgmental and not open-minded about it. So I think bringing a bit more light to it on social media is, is important. Brilliant. And Abby mentioned there about the podcast Matt, what what kind of is the podcast? Um, where can people find it? Obviously, yeah. we're fans of podcasts here, but um, what what kind of topics do you discuss on there? So the the podcast was again talking about stigma and challenging that came about. Uh, I guess from my own experience, I've, I've worked in this sector now for I'm coming up nine years now. Um, but before I worked here, I probably had quite a negative opinion of uh, substance misuse or addiction, um, and I think that's almost a default setting for a lot of people. If you see someone under the influence in the middle of town or you see someone, you know, maybe shouting and looking, you know, just out of it in public places, you know, I used to look at them and, and just kind of mutter to myself a few curse words and think, you know, have that opinion of what, what a waste to spend. You know what I mean? Some really negative thoughts out there. And I mean, I got this job here. Uh, originally when I started, I'm, you know, Again, the community and uh, volunteer leading on part of the leadership team, but I started in the admin team and it was just a job to get me by for a few months. And I guess being in an admin role, occasionally I'd have to work on the reception and I'd end up talking to our service users. And, you know, I'd, I'd ask questions about, so, so why did you even start taking drugs in the first place? Why would you, you know, things that you know probably weren't appropriate to ask looking back at it was, but I was about 22, 23 at the time. But when you start talking to people about the lives and why they started taking drugs to begin with, you kind of realise, oh, hang on, I reckon if I'd experienced those things, that because that, a lot of it comes from trauma. You often hear about the gateway drug uh, being uh, being cannabis or, uh, or something like that, and you know, it's completely not true. I always say the gateway drug for, or the gateway to substance misuse for a lot of people is, is trauma. And I think once you realise that, you actually look at people with substance misuse and addiction, and you, rather than, again, my my former opinion of what, what a waste of space, you think, oh, what? what tragic thing happened in their life to make them that way. So the idea was to share these stories on the platform to challenge stigma and again, have people have that light bulb moment of, oh, wow, you know, that, that's why they're using substances. That's why they've gone through what they've gone through. And again, it was also recovery on the go, talking about keeping these stories to the fellowship you know, and the AA and the NA circles. If people don't feel like they have the courage to go to a mutual aid group uh, because of anxiety and, you know, those feelings of, don't really feel like they want to be part of a group. Hearing positive stories of recovery on the go from people who've gone through addiction, who've gone through various traumas throughout their life, and come out the other end, uh, substance free, and now living happy, positive lives. So that that was really the, the aim of the podcast was twofold: to, to challenge stigma and to have recovery on the go for people as well. Brilliant. So, where can people find that podcast? What's it? What's it called? No, we're called it. It's called the Believing People Podcast. You can find us on. I don't know, it sounds cliche, but anywhere where you get your podcasts, you'll, you'll find them. Uh, but we've had some wonderful people now. We had uh, Michelle Heaton uh, from Liberty X. She was on the podcast. And then we've also had um, Kelly Watts, 
from Coronation Street. You know, again, he was a high profile sort of addiction story in the 90s. The strength of the podcast has really come from local people, people who use our service uh, with lived experience of addiction. Uh, we had a girl called Nadine come on. I don't know what I was expecting when we sat down to do the podcast, but it's probably one of our you know, most downloaded ones, most uh, we've had the most engagement on social media. People really resonated with the story. People really you know, liked to hear what she was saying. That's brilliant. It, it sounds like there's plenty of people to get stuck into there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and normally with this this kind of thing, Abby, there's normally like a awareness day or an awareness month or that, that kind of thing. Is, is there anything for recovery or substance yeah. misuse anything like that that people could be aware of and look into a bit more yes uh september is recovery month um we are hosting the recovery walk 2023 it's in hull it's at zebedee's yard and it's to obviously raise awareness and challenge stigma of recovery and addiction fantastic sounds really exciting and obviously that's a is that an annual annual thing that happens? Um, no, we're working with Favour UK. So Favour UK do it every year, but we won. What's it called? Sorry, Matthew, can you just? Step no, in sorry. There? Yeah, so yeah, Favour UK. This is the 15th year of the UK National Recovery Walk, and what it is, it's a it's a walk. And I, I mean, the easiest way to to explain what it is is in the same way that uh, we have Pride Month in the city, and uh, Pride events are often a parade, and then an event afterwards. It's a similar feeling, but instead of celebrating. Uh, sexuality it's, it's celebrating recovery so it's challenging that stigma by getting people together who've gone through addiction or now in recovery and I guess showing the public and, and being proud of it like yes I, I have had experiences with drugs I have gone through that uh, but I've come out of the other end and I'm a better person for it and this is what visible recovery looks like yeah it, it really is a big event I think the 15th year to have it in full is going to be quite special really it's never been to hold before and to be honest with the amount of work that we've had to put in to do it I don't think it'll ever come to hold again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a, it's a big deal for us to have it here. So in 2023, Hull's hosting the, the recovery walk, but yeah. generally September is the month where lots of activity Probably. will be happening. Yeah, yeah. so there, there might be, this one's the UK national recovery walk, there might be smaller recovery walks, there yeah. could be events. So, there'll be so much going on throughout the country uh, around this town. But because addiction does have such stigma, I think the national recovery walk is the one that gets the most press. Sounds like an absolutely incredible thing to bring to the region as well. Um, what kind of advice would you have for people who are like looking to get into your your space, your world of work, that kind of thing? Um, we'll start with you, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not for everybody. I think it's quite. It sounds quite harsh, but I often get applications. Or it's 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 not like asking to volunteer in your local charity shop where your time is just enough. You know, you have to have a, a skill set already that that can you know, to do the job that we're doing, really. Um, a non-judgmental attitude approach is, is so important because we are part of the criminal justice system and we will work with people that have convictions and sometimes people find it hard to separate this conviction to, to the person in the sense of we're not here to judge that conviction, we're here to work on the drug and alcohol uh, substance misuse, really. And it's often the case people come and say, I don't know why I'm here, I'm innocent. It's like, look, I'm not. I'm not here to talk about the problems that are what why you why you got here in the first place. All I'll say is that you're here because when you was arrested, you tested positive to uh, substances, or you've shown a pattern of behaviour um, related to substances, and therefore we're working on that. So we're not actually part of probation and things like that. So having to separate those things and having that non-judgmental attitude 
it's easier, it's much easier to say than to actually have. Um, we do have regular opportunities that come up. Um, I always post them on our website when we do come up, uh, but they are quite minimal as well. I think we're quite a busy service and, and the reality is you can't just be left alone in a service like this. You have to work with staff and staff don't always have the time to accommodate a volunteer as well. I always say with students as well, especially if you've gone through a criminology course or something like that, I, I always give the talk of, look, there's not, there's not, you've 50 people in your class, there's not 50 jobs in the criminal justice system in the city. You have to make your application stand out. So often people that are educated to a degree level, I always encourage them to volunteer because that will make your application stand out. Fantastic. That's really good advice. Thank you for that. And Abby, yourself, obviously yeah. coming a slightly different route, been in the sector a shorter time. What, yeah. what would you kind of give people who are looking to get into this world of work? So I think like if I didn't actually get into the job role that I did, I think I would probably apply to volunteer um, because I'm passionate about helping people and I feel like in this sort of sector, you've got to be open-minded and empathetic because it's not often like you go in somewhere and it's different every day. And I think working in somewhere like Renew, no day is the same basically <laughs> every day is different and I, I like that about Renew it is really good um I think if um anyone was coming to do my job there it'd be totally different because I don't actually see clients I'm behind the screen more often than usual yeah. so and I do go into the unis and the colleges but it's not like client based I'm like early early intervention I guess brilliant so Thank you very much for talking so openly, candidly about the the sector and stuff. I've just got a few questions about the Humber in in general. Um, so, one of the questions we're going to be we're asking guests is about why they came to the region. But I believe both of you, you didn't come to the region. You've always been in the region. Mm. So probably a be- so probably a better question is what what's kept you in the region? What what are some of your favourite things about the region? So we'll we'll start with you, Abby. Um, what what was it that kept you in the area and like what's your favorite thing about the, the region i think i think we're just very friendly up north like i can't imagine myself living anywhere else actually i know like i wouldn't know until i move somewhere else but <laughs> i think here everyone's so friendly um i like i like foreshore i like to go for walks i think there's so many nice areas to go for a walk around in the humber region i don't know it's just it's just nice <laughs> It's got that nice mix, hasn't it? Yeah, it's just like very homely. It's very homely, and I feel like it's quite like a small world. Like everyone knows everyone, and I like that. Brilliant. And and same question to you, Matt. Uh, do you know what? I saw, the funny thing is, I've met so many people who have you know um, come to Hull for, for other reasons and, and have never left. And this, uh, it's often associated Hull has this sort of magnetic effect that once you get here, you don't want to leave. Hull has that. All the conveniences of a big city without a big city feel. Yeah, I think there is something about this area that is just is just wonderful to be in. That's absolutely fantastic. I, I concur with everything you've said there. I think the the friendly nature of everybody here and that kind of accessibility of the region as well, like everything's on your doorstep. One last question. Would you recommend, if somebody listening to this who's not from the Humber region, would you recommend uh, coming to the region to, to live, work and, and set up your life? Abby, we'll start with you. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I just think there's so many more opportunities coming into Hull now at the minute. And I just think it is an amazing place to work and live. 
and yourself, Matt, if, if you were speaking to a student not from Hull Uni or somewhere else who was like, oh, I'm thinking about coming to the region, the Humber region, what would you say to them? I'd just say, you know, prepare to never leave if you don't come, because <laughs> once you're here, it's, it's, it's a vortex, it just keeps holding, you know, you're, you're never going to leave. Most people that work at Renew, they were from all over the place, aren't they, Matt? Like, yeah. all around the country, so we have got plenty of different accents in Renew. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time today. It's been fascinating learning more about what you do in the sector and some of the, the challenges that you're facing. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for your time, and uh, thank you. We'll, we'll end it there. Thank you. No, we did not. Thank you. Thanks, Matt, for that insightful interview with Abby and Matt of Renew. The UK Recovery Walk is on the twenty third of September and is in Hull City Centre. There's more information on the events tab at the Future Humber website. I'm Joanne and I'm the Digital Marketing Executive at Future Humber and I'm here with Paige, our Marketing Manager, to find out more about an event which will help us to understand and learn a bit more about wellbeing in the workplace. Uh, Paige, can you tell us a little bit about the event? Sure. The event is being run in partnership with Hull and East Yorkshire Mind. It's a morning of learning more about wellbeing in the workplace. There'll be loads of sessions and topics such as the importance of physical health and activity, menopause and the impact of the cost of living crisis. Uh, thank you. Uh, so this is at MKM Stadium in Hull on the 10th of October, which is also, I think, World Mental Health Day. Uh, who is this event suitable for? So the event's ideal for those concerned with workplace wellbeing, such as company directors, HR managers, workplace champions and those working in business in the Humber that want to know more about employee mental health and wellbeing. And it is important that workplace wellbeing is being discussed. We've had some figures from Hull and East Yorkshire Mind. Do you want to hear them? Um, in yeah. 20, yeah. In 21, 22, 17 million workdays were lost in the UK due to work-related stress, anxiety or depression. And the estimated annual cost per employee of poor mental health in Yorkshire and Humber is £2,075 per employee. Uh, but a recent Deloitte report found that for every £1 invested in employee mental health, employers can see a return of £6.30. And the message really from Hull and East Yorkshire Mind is that employee mental health is something that you just can't ignore. Um, Paige, are you shocked by any of that? Well, I think those figures are probably shocking for anyone. It's a stark reminder of why we all need to pull together as a business community to address these growing concerns. I think mental health and wellbeing shouldn't be something that we shy away from at work or at home, which is why we've partnered with a team at Mind to help deliver such an important event. And it's not only going to raise awareness, but provide active support and tools for businesses to use so we can continue to change the story for our region and our people. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but you can find out more about this event then if you visit futurehumber.com and click on the events tab. It is free, but you do need to book your place. Uh, well, I'd like to say thank you to Hull and East Yorkshire Mind for partnering with us to provide this event, and we hope to see you there. If you've got any events running you'd like to share with other bondholders, please get in touch. And if you're a bondholder and would like to come on the podcast and share you and your business with our listeners, email us. Um, Thanks for listening to this episode and don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.